So the sequel to Dark Knight's Metal is called Dark Knight's Death Metal? Guys, my dudes, that that's not... Oh, I'm sorry I didn't see you there. Can you see me? No, no, of course not. That would be silly. Hi, I'm important podcaster and eccentric bedroom loon, Fox the Jackal. I'm the host of this audio parlor, where we discuss and interpret media of interest to... This queer nerd. There will be comic books. So many comic books. There will be TV. Moving pictures are big these days, I hear. There will be flights of fancy beyond those scopes, but we'll largely be sticking to the comic book slash televised realness, hopefully in an approachable way. Realness. Take me now, our cringe. I'm ready. Y'all, real talk for a second. I had a different episode in mind for today. Triplet Girl, Duo Damsel, she got some love a few episodes back, and I'm happy to provide more, but we're so early on, and my production process isn't fully set in stone yet, and the research I wanted to do to really make her next outing shine, it's just more than I am accustomed to. Rest assured, more comic book goodness is coming, but I really want to take the time to make it shine. Plus, I mean, episode 5 isn't divisible by 3. 6 is... But that's the work. That'll be then. This is now. And now, I want to have some fun. I want to see and share something I wouldn't get the chance to under most circumstances. It's got to be bright. It's got to be nuanced. It's got to be fierce. And above all else, it's got to be... Gay! Welcome to this podcast space. I'm your host, Fox the Jackal. Welcome to the Audio Parlor. Episode 5 This episode is a discussion of select material pertaining to the TV show Drag Race Thailand Season 2. The parlor wishes to issue a content warning for brief mentions of lightly sexualized costumery and brief mentions of death. The parlor does not, however, wish to issue a content warning for general content of a queer and gay culture, because if participants believe gay culture is inherently adult, then I I invite you to grow up, you big fucking baby! For the uninitiated, let us start from the beginning. Drag Race is an international reality competition television franchise showcasing drag queens, people of all genders who dress in heightened forms of gendered, usually feminine attire, who compete for the title of their region's next drag superstar, with a generally nice cash prize among others. There have been 17 seasons of the American production, five of which featured returning all-star queens, and we've seen a recent explosion of international editions, the UK, Canada, Holland, the list goes on. But before this recent renaissance, on the cusp of this dragged-up explosion, we had two seasons of Drag Race come from Thailand. And Drag Race Thailand Season 2 is the best television show this franchise has ever produced. Ever. Hands down. I don't even mind the subtitles. 
And check it, I can defend this hot take, and I will defend it, with a delve into three moments from three episodes of The Thailand Show. That's it. That's the episode. Strap in, folks, because in this 4,000-word essay, I will... Episode 1, Reborn This Way. It's the first day on set. Fourteen queens across genders and ethnicities are introduced one by one, entering with a quip and an opening salvo of an outfit. This is their first impression across the world, and they are going to stab that narrative into the earth with the tallest heels they own. We meet... Srimala, country comedy floral realness. Let's hope she translates well. M. Stranger Fox. Boy, does she like those boobs she bought. Silver Sonic. Honey, the girls have clocked you as the baby queen. You are already off on the wrong foot. Kana Warrior. Step on me, mommy. Oh, break that table. Miss Gimhui. Mocha Diva. Vanda Miss Joaquin. Maya Biaro. Angela Anand. Candy Zayana. And more. If you lose track of the names, don't worry about it. I do, too, until about halfway through every season. Just go with it. We'll get through it together. Finally, our co-hosts and recurring judges are revealed. Art Arya and Pangina Heels! Art Arya is serving Mother Royalty. And Pangina is looking fun and fine in and out of drag. All in all, it's an amazing setup. I'm so excited to get to know these characters. Everybody's a bitch. And you just need to be bitchier to survive. Okay, jeez, Mocha darling, you do you, I guess. After opening ceremonies, we settle into the routine. Throughout the Drag Race franchise, we can expect a given episode to have a silly mini-challenge, a substantial maxi-challenge, a runway challenge with outfits crafted to some theme, and final judging to determine the girl's performance. Judges select a winner, or winners, for the challenges, and the bottom queens fight to survive in the traditional way. Not a duel, but a lip-sync for your life. It's quite serious business, I assure you. Our focus in this episode starts with the runway, themed, What kind of queen are you? With two looks, who is your baby ten-year-old queen, and who is your queen at sixty years old? I cannot stress enough how exciting this runway was on first watch. 28 looks are a lot to pull off in one episode, for editing as much as production. American shows have tried up to 36 at a time, three looks across 12 queens, and those episodes have sometimes become slogs to watch. Endless repetitive beats of outfits that can't impress anymore, and with voiceover insisting that this is the 10 millionth XYZ fantasy. But Thailand pulls through! Partly because of the girls' creativity, they are so willing and so able to push the theme into narratives fully their own, but also thanks to the work from the judges' panel. The queens will throw any and everything at us this episode. Baby queens wearing school outfits or bath towels for hair and gowns. Old queens going fashion or bald or giving up drag entirely to become rice farmers. And the judges will sit there actively interpreting the spectacle along with us. So much of this showing is original and unexpected, it can feel better than an American all-star showing. These girls are good, and we're going to get a full season of this. But alas, the judges must judge the girls. A winner is chosen, and two girls are selected for the final lip sync. I mean, 
At least this this has got to be good. After that runway, a powerful battle in the lip sync would cement this as a perfect start to the show. <clears throat> in one corner, Silver Sonic. Poor baby, labeled green right out the gate. She's smeared in red paint because her 60-year-old queen is... A devil in hell? The, the judges don't get it. Too far off concept, they're unimpressed. In the other corner, M. Stranger Fox. God, her look is tacky. She, she's just in a jacket and panties, and her fake nipples keep trying to escape the jacket. I, I wish I had kinder words for her, but... Honey, a white wig does not a 60-year-old make. Still, she owns a famous drag bar, so respect from all around. This, this is a member of the community. They start the track, it's a RuPaul standard. This should be typical fare for any drag queen to perform post-drag race, but this... This isn't good. At all. M. Stranger is just tired. Sonic wastes half the number in the back of the stage, wrenching off her boots. The judges are even cheering for them, but... These girls... They move as if through molasses. It is bad. This is amateur hour. The other girls are embarrassed. Some of them are looking away. This is so bad, it's coming off an insult to the runway that came before it. The song ends. The girls await judgment. I'm wondering, will they both be sent home? It's happened twice in America, but a double elimination means you've really fucked up. It'd be awful to see it on this first episode when everything was going so well. Co-host Art Aria looks pissed. Ladies, do you want to be in the show? And that was what you showed me. Seriously. That was supposed to be a lip sync for your life. I don't see life in it! Oh god, here it comes. If you want to stay... Oh, I'm so sorry. Show me that you really do. I'm going to give you one more chance. If you still can't pull it off or show me something, don't say I'm cruel. Y'all, this is major. This is everything. This is so different from anything American Drag Race would even think to show us. American Drag Race is an American product. It lives in a society, unavoidably. It pushes its competitors, sometimes unfairly, to perform to the full extent of their abilities and entertain those folks back home. It has no compunctions asking more than can be expected and failure is punished without pity. Girls have seen the train oncoming, known they were set up to fail for an intended narrative, and been met with dismissals. Just get good or get out. I see you, Thorgy Thor, and I'm sorry. But right out the gate, Drag Race Thailand proves willing to find a new narrative, and so snatch victory from the jaws of this defeat. They push their girls, but in a way that clearly marks their compassion and love, for both their well-being and their craft. M. Stranger Fox, I'm sorry that you have to leave us today, but don't feel down. I believe you have more in you. Now you have a family name. Drag Race, darling. Now, sashay away. 
Thank you so much for this opportunity. Season two! Thank you so much! Shantae, you all stay. Sashay, I'm away, bitch. This is gonna be a fun TV show. I'm here. I'm in the tank. Let's go. Episode 5, Hollywood Inspirations. This episode, deeper into the season, is all about acting. Granted, it's drag queen acting, but there's fun to be had as long as you aren't expecting Olivier. And if you are, why are you expecting Olivier? That's silly. Stop that. After a cutesy mini-challenge, the queens are split into two groups to perform dueling skits based on the haunted dolls. I'm told it's a Thai cultural thing. Haunted dolls, we'll go with it. As it so happens, most of the English-speaking girls end up in one group, with a fully Thai-speaking group opposite. After filming their skits, the runway is Hollywood-themed, and again, the girls bring it out! Fire dancing, brimstone biker fantasies, Darth Vader unmasking to Voldemort, triple reveals, crossing Japanese iconography, and... Beyonce. Just... Beyonce. On the stage, walking around, being Beyonce. Um, okay. Basic much? Hollywood, even? You know, it, it, it's fine, it's fine, we move on. The judges convene and pass judgment. The international girls win the maxi challenge, presenting a cohesive scene despite multiple challenges and language barriers between scripts and crew, and so they are all declared safe for the episode. And in the bottom two, chosen for the lip sync, we have... Maya B.R.O., a total sweetheart, faded for miscongeniality, but maybe a little simple in her sweetness? The other girls have underestimated her, picked her last for teams multiple times, and though she set her hands on fire for this runway, her presentation was seen as one-dimensional and apparently worthy of a lip-sync. And her foe tonight? Kana Warrior. A lip-sync assassin, so named for surviving multiple lip-syncs. But this is her third consecutive bout. She is struggling. The judges have consoled her, stated another should be in the bottom instead of her, but... Later. We'll touch on that later. This lip-sync is absolutely a performance to remember. Maya Biaro as Queen Maleficent, and Kana as a noseless Voldemort, atop a bouquet of black frills and a power bra. I have a favorite, full stop. Maya is performing adequately, but she can't compete with the camp glamour gold that is Voldemort giving face and drama and attitude in a drag queen lip sync performance. Kana Warrior's ashy bald head is all I see as she points, flips, flicks her skirt about in a torrent of fabric and power. Kana is a true warrior and I am rooting for her all the way. My only worry comes when a cartwheel narrowly avoids striking Maya as she crosses the stage. With this many lip syncs behind you, you need to be flawless to survive. Still, the song ends, the girls stand ready for the verdict, and I'm certain that Maya Biaro's time has come. But Art Arya speaks, and she sends them both home. This is a double elimination. I'm heartbroken. Art explains. Kana, 
Third strike. You must have known this was coming, and, you know, fair enough. Maya, you fought. You've left drag before. Don't resent returning to drag again. Both have shown so much in their time on this show. Love, well wishes, meet again. This elimination on first viewing can feel undeserved. I don't think it's a perfect moment of storytelling on the producer's part. Again, Kana would have been safe if the true bottom queen, the one who dressed as Beyonce for a Hollywood runway for some reason, hadn't been held safe in the winning team. This queen seems to be known as a Beyonce impersonator too, so her runway can understandably be read as less of a weird interpretation on the theme and more, I already have the outfit, let's just go easy on this one. Drag race theorists, if they want, can have a field day interpreting what decisions producers made where to preserve favored candidates for future performances. And they will want to have those interpretation field days. Often. Maybe too often. She didn't have to be safe, they'll cry, so the show isn't faultless. I think there is an argument to be made that this episode was set up this really common narrative of wronged queen and favored queens to get the fan base stewing. But in a way, I kind of respect how they took this narrative. They worked within these manipulations while still imparting kindness. This double elimination doesn't have to be a mark of shame, but instead a compassionate end to two competitors who knew they were struggling. Their unique and evident strengths are acknowledged, left as the final impression to the audience, so that these girls really can walk away with their heads held high. Two instances of the double elimination invoked, two instances of completely different story beats born from the invocation. American Drag Race could learn from this Thai production. No one would call this stale. Episode 6, Power of Speech Listeners, beware. The previous two examples I've supplied do not hold a candle to what comes next. In Drag Race fandom circles, every lip sync is a potential spoiler concern. I clearly don't have the same compunctions. As far as I'm concerned, those episodes can be enjoyed even knowing what's coming. Power of speech is different. Power of speech no one saw coming. This episode, more than any other, defines the narrative and the ethos of Drag Race Thailand Season 2, and I argue should be a foundational text in Drag Race going forward. This is my attempt to push its significance that much farther. Spoiler warning. We skip straight to the lip sync. In this corner, Mocha Diva, winner of today's maxi challenge but unpolished on the runway. An attitude problem has persisted too. In that corner, Sri Mala. A general misfire this week, she leaned into comedy on the runway when the judges wanted sincerity. Comedy Queen is a tightrope at the best of times, and this time, she screwed up. They sink, they dance. Sri Mala's hair is bigger than her head, but she's keeping balance and meeting the mood. Mocha can kick and split and run circles around Sri Mala, and she does, but it's out of rhythm and doesn't quite fit the mood of the song. It's not a huge surprise when Mocha is eliminated. Judge Art Arya imparts all the love and support she can. We love you. You have a family here. We hope to meet you again soon. Can I speak up? 
I'm, we're trying to keep quiet because we don't want to steer any drama, but I think bringing in costumes is not allowed. Last episode, Miss Gimhui, the Chinese golden flower of the competition, won the runway, dressed as a Ghost Rider-style demon biker. She created a hellfire illusion with smoke and flames coming off her chest, and she rode onto the runway on a scooter adorned with a giant papier-mâché-looking biker wheel. Mocha claims she never saw the scooter before the day of the runway, and thereby accuses Gimhui of breaking the competition rules and cheating by bringing new materials into the workroom after the start of the competition. Co-host Pangina Heels wants more of an explanation. Wait, but my question is, why are you telling us now? Because we, we didn't want to steer any drama. No, but you are steering the drama. Why didn't you tell us this the other day? Why are you telling us this now? I, I don't know. I'm out of words. Mocha Diva retreats to the shadows, having dropped the bomb for all else to sort out without her. Gimhui is questioned, and she explains. She brought the scooter in parts in the beginning, but she took it home one evening to assemble it and brought it back for the runway. Mocha is summoned back, she's not getting out of this so easy, and a decision is made. Having worked on a runway look outside the workroom, Gimhui has broken the rules and is hereby disqualified. She's going home. They both are. Gimhui doesn't fight it. She apologizes to the judges and her competitors. She showed bad judgment, took a bad action. She was wrong. She isn't mad. She's happy and proud to have stood here and shown her ability, but is ultimately sad to have disappointed them all. Art Arya shows her love and kind, but it's time. Time to go. As Gimhui hugs her fellow competitors in the back of the stage, Mocha Diva steps forward, clearly distraught and realizing the extent of what she's done. She's the villain in this moment. She is the villain of Drag Race right now. She does the only thing she can. Spin it. Prostrate. Make nice. Can I say something? Yeah, um... Uh, at first, uh, I, I didn't want this big drama, but I just wanted to say that I'll be forever grateful, and my respect toward you guys and the rest of the staff, I just wanted to say thank you. And you know how much I love the show, and I think this is the last thing that I can do for my international sisters, that, you know, to keep the game nice and safe. Mocha, let me talk now. And here, right here, Pangina Heels earns both her keep and forever a place in my mind, rent-free. I understand what you're saying. What you're doing right now, I wish you would have done it differently. Because like I said, if you would have told us, we would have handled it different. And also the fact that you think that you're giving this to them as a gift is a misconception. Your legacy on this show on its own, what you've done, you should be proud of that. Not how you're exiting. Which I don't appreciate. I honestly think that you could have handled it a lot better, babe. And I'm saying this from my heart, I wish you could be more of an adult. Because now, 
people are going to see you as the bitter loser. I want you to be portrayed as the person I know you to be. And I'm telling you this from out of love. Thank you for telling us. But next time you're going to do this, do it a different way. Thank you. For about as long as Drag Race the franchise has existed, fans have spoken of villains, specifically villain edits. Producers undoubtedly select footage from across production to craft consumable storylines around the events of the competition, because this is a television program, and the personalities and drama are just as much a draw for some audiences as the art and performance and looks are for others. A villain edit is just one form of that practice, generally assumed to be selecting unflattering moments and sequencing and inclusions and omissions to paint one queen as the designated villain. In America, Drag Race has pushed back against the idea of a villain edit, claiming the girls act unprodded and uncoerced, and even getting past villains to endorse this perspective. Their continued involvement and employment in later All-Stars productions surely has nothing to do with these endorsements. This, in my opinion, is especially irresponsible in a time of peak popularity and peak engagement on social media, where masses of fans can be whipped into hate mobs and harassment campaigns by these storylines. A gentle scolding every season or three doesn't cut it. But here, right here, Pangina telling Mocha Diva to grow up and find another way. This isn't just a novel plot point. This is stepping up to your responsibility in how you portray your subjects. Every step of the way, Drag Race Thailand has exposed its queens to the world and pushed them to perform better, to share their art on a platform few will ever reach, with compassion and love and respect and dignity. Here, they apply that ethos to the reality show component too. You did make yourself the villain. You did wrong. But I know you are better, and you must find another way going forward. It's more than branding. It's a demonstrated, enacted love and protection for their girls. Pangina held Mocha to her actions and showed her the way out, simultaneously. Because there is a queer community and a world that community inhabits that this show is speaking to. And this show is ultimately not presenting heroes and villains, rotating and disposable archetypes, but perfectly human beings worthy of dignity and respect. Thank you, Pangina. Thank you, Drag Race Thailand Season 2. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Audio Parlor. If you made it this far, what can I say? Go watch Drag Race Thailand! Season 1 is on YouTube, and Season 2 is streaming elsewhere. If anything, anything interested you today, please know that I didn't touch half of the amazing and beautiful stuff that happens in this season of television. The traditional and modern time music. The fan favorite returns. The pure joy of a deserved double-save lip-sync. The surreal horror of the triple murder-suicide scene. Bandita! The final three contestants reaching their full, sublime potential! Like the director of Parasite said, there is a world to discover past the inch-high wall of subtitles. Climb that wall. Join me. The grass really is greener here, for once. But, credits. 
This episode of The Audio Parlor was written, directed, and produced by myself, Fox the Jackal. Additional voices were provided by Jimmy Ellenberg. Audio was sampled from The Guinea Pig Movies Review by Diamanda Hagen and Anti-Feminism vs. Facts by H. Bomberguy. I own neither of these videos. Feel free to check them out on YouTube if you're interested. Mostly they were included for my own amusement. All music was used with permission. Thank you very much, and take care of each other in this time. Thank you. Goodbye.